Good evening, everybody. This is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. It's December 28th, and this is episode 70. It's gone by fast, and uh, it's great to be with you tonight. I I really feel like I haven't done this in a week, even though it's only been a night and taken Sunday off. But nonetheless, it feels, uh, feels good to be back. What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, there's a couple things. We're going to talk about a uh, show called Umbrella Academy and a little bit of drama that's taken place inside of that. I want to be really clear. And I want to make sure I let everyone know if you happen to be transgender or bi or straight or whatever your pronoun is, I don't care. Um, I support everybody to have their own choice in their home, do what they want to do. And even if it's out in public, I don't care either. There was just a couple times that I don't want it forced down my throat. And this is one of them. So we're, I'm going to dive into it. And I'm going to be honest. I, I, uh, I guess that's all I can be. So if you happen to be in those categories and you don't want to be offended, perhaps this isn't the show to listen to. But I don't think you will be offended because I usually take both sides of of most topics. And in this one, I think you'll understand that my heart's in the right place, but maybe not my mind. Uh, The second topic we're going to talk about is COVID relief. And the third topic is Operation Legend. We're going to dive into a few of those things. And due to the fact that Wonder Woman WW84 came out and Gal Gadot was in my last episode, I would talk about a new superhero movie that the Marvel team has come up with due to the failure of Wonder Woman. And it's going to be an all-transgender team. It's exciting, especially for the community. They're going to call it the X-Men. Yes, I am completely aware that men can become women and women can become men, but whatever, it's a good joke and it plays. Anyway, folks, this is Matt from Don't Unfriend Me. Thank you so much for stopping by. You can reach out to me on all of the social media channels that you see down here. And to make it extremely simple, I've got a couple graphics for you. This is my page on Facebook. You can link directly there. You can also interact with me. That's probably my number one page until YouTube and some others start expanding at a more rapid rate. You can go to Instagram, see some photos and just the day in the life of what we're doing over here. And then once again, YouTube is one of my main channels where most of my high definition videos are and a lot of my catalog is. It's easy to see. So please stop by those pages if you would not mind and throw me a like, share and a subscribe, follow and anything else. Folks, like I said, this is Don't Unfriend Me. What do we do if you are new here? Well, we talk a little bit about current events, political climate, sometimes movies or sports. It really just doesn't matter. It's a cornucopia of topics that we can explore. And all I ask is that in the end, you don't unfriend me. Let's get into it tonight. I've realized that in my stupidity, I have not uploaded my images And unfortunately, that just happens sometimes. You get on a long day, whatever. So I apologize that you're about to see this uh, kind of unfold all at the same time. So pardon me when I throw this up. Hey, it actually worked out perfectly. Let's talk about the COVID bill. And this is interesting because I already have done an episode on this. And I am a little bit concerned with the amount of money that the government is spending. And I think I felt that way pretty much my natural born life. 
I think the government is completely irresponsible. I think the money that we're putting out should be to small businesses and there should be something to help Americans. And here's why. Is at the government's request, we are asked to stay home and shut down our businesses. The government is telling us that we have to and we have no choice. In my opinion, I believe that should qualify everybody for some sort of payment. You see, you can't put people in indentured servitude. That's called slavery. You can have to pay them for their work. And it has to be a comparable wage that reflects an average across the board. For instance, there's many agencies across the United States that look at billing, white-collar crime, that when somebody is hiring people at a less-than-a-degree experience level, say straight out of high school, and they're having them do work that's required with a degree like taxes or a certain type of business planning or whatever, even drafting documents or being an architect, there's a certain level of qualification that you must have. And if you're using people straight out of high school and billing for $120,000 a year for them, but only paying them $20,000, that's a crime. And therefore, you will be held accountable for that. The same holds true for all retail workers, why there's a minimum wage, and that there has to be a pay that is equivalent to what other people make. Now, it can fluctuate a few percentage here and there, depending upon the city. For instance, people who work in Los Angeles, California, at an Apple store, get paid $30, $40 an hour. And for the same job in New Mexico, they make $20. So once again, the living wage and the cost of living, that actually plays a part in this. But the problem is, is that they're telling people you can't open. They're telling people you can't work. They're telling people who are in the restaurant industry, industry, you have to stay home. And these people aren't being fired. Some of them are being furloughed. And then they claim their unemployment. But unemployment isn't pay. Unemployment is a subsidy for when you do find a job and it's government assistance and you don't have to pay it back. But that was already in place. This is something very different. The government shutting down our businesses without representation and without pay. Our livelihoods can't change. We can't get out of our contracts with our vehicles. We can't foreclose on our homes. We can't take our kids out of karate and gymnastics because ultimately that is detrimental to a point where we won't recover. So most of us are sitting here and trying to figure out how do we pay for the quality of life that we earned while it's taken away from us, and there's no promise to have it back. Now, I understand what Donald Trump is trying to do, and I respect what he's trying to do. I also understand this is a $2.6 trillion bill, and I don't think that it's going to get lower if we increase the $2,000 payout. I think it's going to get higher. And the question is, is will the Democrats actually do anything about it? If we ask for the $2,000 per person, will they actually limit the amount of money going overseas? And the answer is no, because they're buying Joe Biden's influence already, just like they did Obama. And he will go on the Apology World Tour Part 2. And that is always accompanied with pallets of cash. And that is the only way the Democrats understand, because their foreign policy is trash. So when we look at this and why this uh, Impoundment Control Act of 1974, which was put in place over Richard Nixon, and what does it mean? Well, essentially, it's redlining. It's not quite a veto. Now, Donald Trump positioned a veto and said that he wasn't going to accept it, but we all kind of knew that that wasn't going to take place. Eventually, he would have to sign it. 
And that's unfortunate. But he put some rescission inside of it and said, I'm going to redline some things. And that is just a recommendation. It means nothing. But what he can do is stall the funds for 45 days. And he has the ability, once that goes into Congress, and if Congress passes those red lines that he put through, he can hold that money for 45 days under law. Now, that got him in trouble earlier with the Ukraine, and we understand that. But this is a little bit different. The money going overseas is a vast sum. And we don't know what most of it's for. And some of the largest amounts are going to terrorist countries too. And really, there's no accountability for that money. And the question Americans have is, why can't you give it to the people? Now, it's more than likely that the $600 will not stand and there will be a compromise. Probably put it back to the $1,200. And that's what normally happens in politics. But the whole point is, is Donald Trump did everything he could, and he entered office as he's going to leave office, being screwed over by politicians and having to sign a pork barrel bill that is full of needless monies that once again has nothing to do with stabilizing the budget and everything to do with adding $50,000 per person in the United States who's a taxpayer. It's now gotten out of control. So a $600 advance on from the federal government does nothing for anyone. Now, you might say that $600 is important, and I get that, and I understand, and to some people that's a lot of money, but it isn't for people who have a mortgage, and it isn't for people who have debt, and it isn't for people who've literally seen their livelihoods stripped away. So although this money can help some, there are better things we can do with our money. For example, the $12,000 that was given to Tammy's Diner, the community stood up. What if the government matched that? What if they took every community in the United States and small businesses were helped by the, by the community? And when that money was raised and donated by the community, the federal government matched it. Wouldn't that be a fantastic program? But they're not doing that. And I will be transparent with you. There are some businesses that don't need to survive. Some of them should go out of business. And some of them don't provide a service that's worthy of staying in business. But most of them are. And they are the backbone of America. So we need to come up with something better than every six to eight months giving them a little bit of cash and saying that it's going to be okay when truly the only thing they need is to reopen and have customers. I have to give it to Donald Trump that I'm glad he signed it. I know it's a lot of money, but at this point, what does it really matter? It's going on a bank card and nobody's ever going to be held accountable for it because money is a fallacy and it's not real. There is no gold left. There is no treasury. There are no coffers. There's no red, black, green, purple, or golden dragon sitting on mounds of trinkets and treasures from the the, the conquered kings of continents. There is no money. It's all digital ones and zeros, and it's essentially a credit card that the entire world has a piece of, and everyone has a self-interest an equal self-interest to see the United States continue to thrive because if it doesn't, the world's economy will go in the trash and everyone knows that. This doesn't help America. What it does is puts us more behind the eight ball and more in debt to countries who are buying up our debt at an alarming rate. And what will we do when they call in that loan? Moving on, would love to talk to you about something that I was just recently reading. And this is Legend Talaferro. He was a young boy that was killed on June 29th, 2020. And this happened in Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm going to read off a lot of notes here. Operation Legend was something that you saw that happened in Oregon. 
which was the response to the sit-ins and the Antifa morons who decided to own the city and take a portion of it and, and pretend to create their own sanctuary city inside instead of living in their parents' basement. Well, we actually put law enforcement on the ground and we put them in unmarked vehicles and they were clearly marked and they started arresting people, taking them out of the situation and they were released later. The same thing you do during large gatherings like Mardi Gras or in in Times Square on New Year's Eve. But of course, these people complain endlessly that they were a bunch of Nazis and throwing them in concentration camps and none of that happened. I know several DHS people. I know several people on Border Patrol. I know several in ICE. And these men and women are nothing like they say. But ultimately, Operation Legend was a way to take back the cities, predominantly the democratically run cities like Chicago and Cleveland and Albuquerque, New Mexico, that are running rampant with drugs, gains, and violence, with democratic mayors and governors who are doing absolutely nothing to stop the crime because it justifies their overinflated budget and allows them to continue to keep people on welfare, keep them under their thumb, and make them vote for them. Because that's really all that they care about is control. And we know that from liberals. That's all they do. Conservatives care about money. Liberals care about power. That is the way it is. And it's the way it will always be. Always will be. Albuquerque. The U.S. District Attorneys reported that at least 19 people out of August since August 31st have been charged with federal crimes under Operation Legend and ABQ. On September 3rd, the Department of Justice released a reported of 30, of arrest of 35 people, largely on gun and drug-related offenses between July 22nd and August 31st. Amongst those arrested, 19 have been charged with being a felon in possession of a firearm. And Albuquerque, I lived there for many years, and I will tell you it is a pit. And I'm sorry to those who love it and think that the land of green chili and air balloons is an amazing thing, but I will tell you the crime, the drugs are out of control, and it is not a safe place to raise a family. Chicago, August 19, 2020, Attorney General William Barr announced that at least 61 people have been charged with federal crimes in Chicago under Operation Legend. About half of the 61 uh, people arrested are facing gun-related charges. It's resulted in more than 500 arrests in Chicago, and 124 people have been charged with federal crimes, according to the U.S. Attorney William Barr. Since the operation began, murders dropped by 50% over the previous five weeks. I want to say that again. Since the arrest, murders have dropped 50% over the previous five weeks. They were averaging anywhere from 60 to 105 murders and shootings a weekend. I want you to consider that's 250 lives saved on average at the high end. That is a successful operation, if I've ever heard one. And the rights of the people weren't infringed. They are criminals, and criminals need to be held accountable. Unfortunately, Children like this, Legend Talaferro, are murdered and killed every weekend in these cities. And Donald Trump and our government had enough, and it is none too soon. I only hope that they can continue to make an impact like this that will somehow keep these neighborhoods balancing towards peace and prosperity, but we all know that won't happen. Because once Donald Trump leaves office, the legal side of our country goes away. And that is the one thing that he has done that has been excellent, that everyone should celebrate, is the fact that he was tough on crime, tough on criminals. And now the liberals are coming in, and it will all go back to where it was. Eight years of Obama, Chicago increased deaths week over week, month over month, 
and year over year, and it's about to continue again. Cleveland, August 19th, 2020, uh, federal investigators working side-by-side with state and local law enforcement reported that 32 people have been charged with federal crimes. On that number, 22 are facing drug trafficking charges and nine are charged with firearms violations. 54 people have been charged with federal crimes since Operation Legend was expanded into Cleveland. Detroit, federal and local law enforcement announced that Operation Legend yield 22 defendants being charged with federal offenses in Detroit. Indianapolis, federal, state, and local law enforcement have recovered 49 firearms from the streets of Indianapolis. They have arrested 18 fugitives, including two fugitives for murder. Over 20 individuals have been federally charged as part of Operation Legend. Um, An individual from Columbus, Indiana, was sentenced to 41 months in prison for having sold 300 guns illegally, 21 which ended up at the crime scenes in Indianapolis. Kansas City, Rice and Ellis, a 22-year-old from Kansas City, was arrested in Tulsa and charged with the murder of legend Talaferro. The Jackson County, Missouri Prosecutor's Office says Ellis fired shots into the apartment where a four-year-old and legend Talaferro was sleeping, hitting and killing him. Kansas City and federal authorities announced they have arrested 288 people, including 24 suspects connected to homicide. Three men were charged in the federal court as part of Operation Legend after an armed carjacking led to a chase. Here's the problem. I can keep going on. I can keep telling you what happened in Milwaukee, Memphis, St. Louis. There's been thousands of arrests. There's been 6,000 different cases brought against criminals across the United States. This is what law and order looks like. And our policemen and women in blue, the green line, the corrections officers, the alphabet agencies are putting their lives on the line every day. And people are becoming more and more hostile. The one thing that has increased over the last five weeks are police shootings and not them shooting people but police officers being gunned down by the very people they're sworn to protect. And in all of this, the thing that makes me most irate are these mayors and these governors who spit their vial simply because Donald Trump is imposing the law, which is his job, because that's what the president does. The executive branch enforces the law, and the governors and the mayors are supposed to do the same. But instead, they harbor for criminals They pass out money to them and free benefits, and it attracts drugs and crime and poverty and keeps people under the thumb of the Democratic Party, and it's been this way for 70 years. Kansas City protests occurred against the operation on July 17th, with organizers calling for 50% of funds from the Kansas City Police Department defunded. The mother of legend Talaferro, Sharon Powell, Uh, responded to protesters stating Operation Legend is to investigate murders that have been unsolved, and one of those is my four-year-old son that did not make it to five. And if you're against that, maybe you have to reevaluate your stance and your mentality to see what direction you're headed in. Ma'am, God bless you. You are 100% right. New Mexico Mexico Governor Lujan Grisham stated, if the Trump administration wishes to antagonize New Mexicans and Americans with authoritarian, unnecessary, and unaccountable military-style crackdowns, they have no business whatsoever in New Mexico. So glad I don't live there. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who has spoken heavily against Trump, amazingly changed her tune when she realized that she could not control and didn't have the tools or the capabilities or even the 
thought process to empower her police department, who actually has a fantastic police chief who is ready to crack down on crime. But unfortunately, the State Department inside that state is so corrupt and the attorneys are so corrupt and the district attorney is so corrupt that every time they would arrest somebody, they were on the street 12 hours later. You can't blame Lori Lightfoot for that. But what she should have done is shut her trap and realize that she needed federal government aid. And once she got it, it's amazing what happened. Lori Lightfoot would be welcome, provided that it was a genuinely collaborative partnership, but clarified in a statement in reference of tactics used by the federal personnel in Portland that we don't need federal troops, we don't need unarmed, unnamed, secret federal agents. There were no secret federal agents, Lori. Talk about just absolutely peddling the propaganda. Cleveland Mayor Frank G. Jackson said on July 3rd that he would have a press conference the next day regarding the federal personnel being sent to Cleveland. He likened the operation to the usual crime-fighting partnerships between local law enforcement and federal government, saying such relationships are healthy. Good for him. Detroit Mayor Mike Duggan. We have great partnerships with the U.S. Attorney and the ATF and the DEA. Duggan said during a press conference, I've never seen as many illegal guns on the street that we have today. If they want to have more ATF officers dealing with the illegal trafficking of guns, that would be a welcome contribution. Some of them actually have a brain in their head. The point is, is that I can go on, and when I get to Portland, I won't even read it, because it absolutely desanctifies what the police is trying to do. It's interesting, because Minnesota asked for defunding the police, and once they did, crime rose 300% month over month. And now, They want more funding, and they're asking for the police to come back. And I hope the police tells them to go screw themselves. Folks, it comes down to this. Democrats have a lot of good ideas. I'm not going to lie. They do. There are plenty of ideas that we can do on a social platform. There are some ideas that I actually like with infrastructure. I do like the fact that they care about people, but fail to act and fail to do it without spending every single dollar that we have. I happen to agree with some liberal policies. What I don't agree with is letting people get away with murder and crime and letting it run rampant in your city and keeping them across the tracks. We have to get into these neighborhoods. We have to help them. I don't care about equality for men and women, so to speak. I really don't because it's here. I don't care about systemic racism because there are no laws that are systemically racist, except for probably sentencing. What I do care about is that there is a vast difference between white neighborhoods and minority neighborhoods, and that needs to stop. We have to focus on education. We have to focus on even a military presence in these cities to clean up these streets and get these thugs out of these neighborhoods. Or find a way to subsidize and help these people move and build them equitable housing out of the projects. And there's a certain thing that they should have, a clean criminal record. They should be Americans and legally in the United States, and they should be a productive member of society. And if you can focus on those three things, then build them some haven outside of these cesspools and help Americans get back to being Americans versus being scared that a four-year-old is going to be shot when he sleeps. And anybody who says that that's not the number one focus versus a couple of statues that have been around for 300 years, or if you need to change your name or pee in a men or women's bathroom, is smoking their product that they're trying to stop on the streets. 
I'm going to try to be very respectful here because this is important to me. It really is. And I have seen Elliot Page, which is now his new name. And you may know Elliot Page formerly as Ellen Page. And I'm going to try to be a little more sensitive. I have said plenty of times, I don't care if you want to be called a man. You're a woman. I'm calling you your name. But you know what? If we have to call Muhammad Ali Muhammad Ali and we have to call Prince Symbol, then if if this man wants to be called Elliot Page, I will and I'll try to respect it. And I may even mess up. But what I don't need is to be lambasted because I do actually revert to Ellen Page because as I've watched most of his movies over the last 20 years, he has been Ellen Page. And and I'm just not that good at remembering names and it's really a torture for an old man like myself. But there are some things that bother me. And I understand they shouldn't. And the trope is to say, oh, he's just white and he needs to check his white privilege. You know what? Sit and spin. I'm, I'm not listening to that crap anymore. I get to have an opinion about this. Why? Because you're asking me to participate. You're asking me to dive into your psychosis. And if you're going to ask me to dive into your psychosis, I am going to challenge your thought process. Because if you believe science is real and you tote that God isn't, that's fine. You have that right. But what you don't get to do is tell me that global warming is real and completely deny science and say that there are more than two genders because there's not. There's two genders in 64 states of psychosis. Now, I have no problem that Ellen Page wants to be called Elliot Page. And if she wants to get surgery, I'm all for it. I'm not going to pay for it. Do it yourself and good for you. And I will call you Elliot until the cows come home. But there is a problem here also with this actor slash actress is that in every movie that she's been in, in, we've seen the progression. Now, Umbrella Academy is one of my favorite TV series ever with season one. I loved every moment of it. I thought it was perfection. It had the dark horse comic feel, but it had a Marvel movie energy. It had a storyline that was the crow and dark and subdued, but there was light and there was vibrance, and there was passion, and it's something that moved me. And I thought that Ellen slash Elliot Page did an amazing job in the show, but I knew what it was going to turn into. Because she wrote an article, and it slowly came out that she wanted to play queer and bi roles or lesbian roles for the rest of her career, and she'd be fine with that. And good, but that's what an actor does. An actor acts. Tony Curtis was considered gay for most of his career, and he wasn't. And he was one of the greatest silver screen actors ever. And he wasn't gay. But people said he was, which is interesting. But then you have Liberace, who was one of the classic pianists and one of the greatest entertainers close to Elvis, who was gayer than a $3 bill. And I don't care because I love the music. There are plenty of people who are gay, and it doesn't matter to me. And if they act straight or they act not straight or indifferent, that doesn't matter to me. But what bothers me is when you bring your personal politics into my TV show. And the Umbrella Academy did something amazing. It told eight different stories about eight characters and all of them I cared about. There wasn't one character I didn't care about, even the villain in Umbrella Academy. And I love Vanya as a character. But I knew what was going to come. 
I knew that the social justice warrior movement was going to interfere just like it did in the last Avengers. When in the midst of battle, when thousands upon thousands of aliens and unified earthlings are fighting in the middle of an open field and Dr. Strange is performing his portal magic and Spider-Man's getting smashed into rocks and all of these things are happening and it's insane and it's chaotic and people are dying. The women all take a moment to collaborate and form in a perfect union as men are getting slaughtered around them and, and the peons with no powers are getting destroyed by laser blasts and spears. They have a moment to have dialogue and expose and it's Captain Marvel, who in a blink of an eye could make it to the van to do what needs to be done and is the strongest person on in that battle. But because she's a woman, she has to stop and say, who's going to help her? I will. 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 And it's all women. And they all come in and conglomerate. And they save the day. And people cheer. And I want to throw up. And the reason why I want to throw up is because men didn't do that through the history and make it about men. It was just always made about men. And that's the way it was. And yes, it was sexist. And yes, it sucked. And I agree with you. But there was never a purposeful event where they said, don't put a woman in there. Don't do that. We've changed as a culture. We've changed as a society. And men were predominant in film, in books, in music, in everything in society. And now we are the better. And we have kick-ass female superheroes that my daughter can love and appreciate. And I love that. And I care. But it wasn't necessary in that movie because humanity was fighting against evil. It wasn't fighting against sexism. And it had nothing to do with the movie. Captain Marvel doesn't need any of those extra superheroes to get to that van. She could have just done it in a blink. She just took down a super star destroyer and flew through it, but she can't go 150 yards to a van? It lessens the accomplishment when we constantly talk about it. I'm so tired of seeing articles that say the first black person is CEO of this company. Who cares? How about the fact that we're going to have a CEO in the company that represents the demographic and the people who work for them? That's what I care about. How about somebody who's going to stop taking exuberance amount of money from the company and give it back to the workers? I don't care if they pee sitting up, sitting down, sleep with goats. As long as they give back to the people, that's what I'm looking for. And that's what everyone should be looking for. But instead, we care because of the color of their skin. And that is racist. And we care if they are bi or transgender or pan gender, whatever it is. And that's sexist. Can we just accept that we're done with focusing when we have a first black player who has never played a position before or a female player who's never played a position before and kicked a mediocre kickoff that my, my wife probably could have done and celebrate? Yes, it's good. It's nice. But when will we stop talking about it? When can we just embrace that men and women are different 
And when they do things that are extraordinary, we should recognize the accomplishment, not the, the status symbol or social justice initiative that it aligns with. How about just saying, we have a woman playing in the, in, in the NCAA, and that's pretty damn terrific. And you know what? It is. But if you ask her to be a receiver or a middle linebacker, she's going to get killed. And that's what we need to understand is we talk about equality, but we don't want true equality. We don't want women on the battlefield. The Israelis tried it, and the men couldn't get it over seeing women torn apart by rounds. There is something that says it's okay that we're not built exactly the same. I can't give birth, and I'm okay with that. And I don't want my sister or my daughter or my wife going to war. And I want to hold the door open for my wife or ladies. I still want to say ma'am. And I still want to be chivalrous. Because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if that somehow lessens you and makes you feel insignificant, I don't know if I care. Because I was raised a way that you always try to respect women and you respect people. And this movie, or how many superheroes save the planet who happen to have a Y chromosome, I don't remember that. I remember the chills I got to seeing a bunch of badass superheroes fight side by side and that they were equally represented by race, color, creed, and sexuality. Now, the only thing that I truly care about this with Umbrella Academy, which bothered me, was the fact that Vanya had to make it about her, which is interesting because Vanya is the character. And Vanya was interested in men. And she just got through a traumatic experience. But somehow in the second season, she's thrown into a situation where she becomes lesbian because she has amnesia, which is interesting. The one thing about the second season is that all the men in the movie and show were downcast and bad people. The husband who was married to Vanya's love interest, they ultimately killed him. And he wasn't an abuser. He didn't beat anybody. He was just an asshole. But he had to die. The main characters in the story were impotent. They weren't strong as they were in the first one. All the husbands in that time period didn't have any clue and were irrational, and they subjugated their women, subjugated their wives and women to being less than what they were. I understand that's the time, but those characters didn't come from that time, and they shouldn't have changed everything about them. But that's what happened. So she became a lesbian, we would assume. Possibly she's bisexual. But why? And why did it have to be forced down our throat when we didn't need any of that and the first season had none of that? It wasn't necessary. But now that Elliot Page has come out as Elliot Page, I can't wait to see what he does for the third season and how he tries to make it about him once again. And I think if anyone was honest... And anybody who loved the first season would agree with me that the second season was laced with social justice warrior leanings and was a message for all that is going on in the world today. And the only thing they didn't tackle was transsexual bathrooms in a Target. And I'm just sick and tired of politics entering my movies, TVs, books, and sports. 
And I just wish, for once, Hollywood would shut up and just make a frickin' movie or a series that was just good, with great content, great cinematography, great plots, and leave the liberal bullshit at home. Folks, that's all I've got for you today. It was a long one. I got on my soapbox, plus I have been away for a couple days. And that's just my opinion. Please don't unfriend me. I would hope that you would stop by my social media channels. Like I said, give me a like, uh, like, follow, share, and subscribe. That would mean a great deal to me. And I will go out on the show with the Veteran Crisis Line, 1-800-273-8255, press 1. Veterans are in desperate need of your help. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. In the holiday season, it's up to 24 to 25. Please reach out to veterans. Please make that phone call. See if there's anything you can do, how you can help them, and just ask the question. That's a great place to start. If you don't feel comfortable, you can call me, and I'll make that phone call with you. Folks, I appreciate it once again. Thanks for staying with me. I will see you tomorrow for Episode 71. I am out. Have a great night. Thanks for watching Don't Unfriend Me, everybody. I want to recommend Alex from Aleko's Design. He works on all of my video and graphic design, and he is amazing. Please give him a shot. Please head on over to his website at www.alekosdesigns.com. And one more quick thing before we go, folks. Still Point does the music intro for the show. They are listeners. They are fans, and we absolutely love them. Special thanks that amazing song and you can hear citizen soldier at reverbnation.com slash still point